on today's episode of Siren Sports. Oh, them boys stepped up to the plate when they needed it the most. They put Denver on their back. He did us a favor, okay? He did us a he did us a favor, but we don't need that bad juju coming over to us. So I don't even view Carmelo Anthony as a better nugget than Jamal Murray. He had 34 for the Bucks, but Giannis is like overshadowed that. Everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Siren Sports. We are now on episode seven, man. It's crazy. Y'all been rocking with us. Episode seven going into the seventh week now. We appreciate y'all for real. I'm your host. I go by the name of town. Across from me, your co-host Rico. Yes, sir. You already, you already know my question. How you living this week, Rico? Like I say all the time, I am blessed. You know, it's I'm grateful to see another day. Uh, it's Saturday. Got a lot of sports to talk about, so, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited, like always. Oh, yeah, and as usual, you know, it's been another crazy week in the world of sports. Uh, we're approaching the NBA Finals, heading into Game 6 between Miami and Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals to see who plays our hometown Denver Nuggets in the fucking Finals. First and foremost, congratulations to the Denver Nuggets. Y'all made us proud, man. Y'all made us proud, for real. They brought it. They brought they brought the juice. They had the juice. Uh, do you think it's too long of a layoff, though? They can honestly use the break, but when they come back, it's got to be all gas, no breaks again. Yeah, you gotta you gotta trust the process. Like from the very first episode, I said the Nuggets had the team to make it to the finals this year. Mm-hmm. So now they just get, they just gotta finish strong. I I said that. There should be no reason why they wouldn't be in the finals. And they're here now. So now they just got to finish it out, like I said originally. So, and, you know, Denver's been waiting for this. First finals appearance ever. Yeah, my my biggest drawback with picking the Nuggets to go to the finals is in order to do that, they would have to do a bunch of stuff that they have never done before. And they've done it. You know, that that's not only did they beat the Lakers, they beat the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals, where every time they run into this team, it's just over. Bam. You know, the Lakers in the in the playoffs have been the Nuggets kryptonite. They've never won a series against them before. So for them to go not only into L.A., but defend their home court and in four games, just take take control and take advantage and really dominate says a lot about the way this team prepared. Exactly. They came out guns blazing. I will apologize because I didn't believe they were going to beat the Lakers in four because I, I just thought it was a stretch because I thought – I thought Braun was going to get some help from AD. And, you know, after game one, he just, I don't, I don't know what happened. So, but Braun had 31 points in game four at halftime, and it just wasn't enough to help them get a win. So, I'll give the Nuggets credit. They they got the sweep. I wasn't expecting the sweep, but congrats. I, I really wasn't expecting that. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it either. So, shout out to them. Like, I, I, I called anyone who thought the sweep was happening an idiot. Yeah, I thought they were so, crazy. So, for, for them to, to prove me wrong and then do it in a big way, shout out to them. Like, I still had them winning the series. I just didn't see a sweep happening. Yeah, I definitely didn't see no sweep happening I, at all. I thought there was going to be a game where AD just completely took over and the Nuggets weren't going to have an answer. But, you know, again, that just goes to the preparation and the coaching of this team um michael malone has done a tremendous job 
when he first took over as head coach of the Nuggets, it wasn't the smoothest transition at all. He he had to suffer through some years. And it says a lot about the ownership and the GM of the Nuggets that they gave him the leash to go through those bad years and didn't cut him loose. You see teams cutting championship coaches because they didn't win in the playoffs. Exactly. Exactly. But I will give all the credit in the world to the Irving Magic Johnson Western Conference Finals MVP. Nikola Jokic. The Joker. The Joker. That man hit. But also, I can't forget too, Jamal Murray. Then, oh, them boys stepped up to the plate when they needed it the most. They put Denver on their back. And Jamal, nobody got calling Bubble Murray no more. Mm-mm, no, that's that's playoff Murray now. That's playoff Murray now. And I was seeing a video the other day of someone saying, it's hard to like rank Jamal in the category of point guards because... You never know how he can play in the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. but hey, he's he established himself. I, and for me personally, I don't view Jamal as a point guard. I view him as a combo one-two. Oh yeah, and like it, it's it just so happens that you know you have a, a point center in Jokic that runs the whole offense. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. But yeah, I got to give him and the Joker all the credit in the world. Them boys hoop their asses off, and I will say they got the juice. They definitely got the juice. They got the juice, man. Well, being that we're on the topic of the Denver Nuggets, there's been a bit of a controversy going around, man. Um, Our old friend Carmelo Anthony officially announced his retirement from the NBA. Melo. Melo after 20 years. I don't think he played this year. But yeah, after after 19 years playing and, you know, 20 total, he's he's hanging it up. And I will give him his flowers on the way out is one of the best Denver Nuggets oh, yeah. to ever lace up. Definitely, because the year before the Nuggets even got him, they played terrible. Oh, he gave he gave Denver basketball a face. There was no face here before Carmelo showed up. You know, and George Carl himself said that he doesn't come to Denver unless Carmelo's here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I give it all I give him all the credit in the world because yeah, the Nuggets had like Alex English, Mutombo, but Melo came and actually became like the guy for the Nuggets. Like he was being on video game covers. Mm-hmm. He was everywhere. Yeah. Like Melo was that guy for Denver when no one was just like and Denver. Like who, yeah, who? coming coming out of Syracuse and after you know coming off a, a national championship, he was a very touted name. So for the lottery to fall the way it did for the Nuggets to land Carmelo, yeah. now we have to go back and you know approach it with a little bit of hindsight being twenty twenty. The GM of the Nuggets at the time said that if he got the second pick, he was going to draft Darko Milicic. Oh, wow. So it, that, he would have chose Darko over Melo, but Melo fell to him. Yeah, and that was that 2003 draft class was insane. You had D-Wade. You had Braun in there. Mm-hmm, Melo. Like, you, were this, you had the smart choice by taking Melo. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you did it. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad things fell the way they did. And, you know, Milicic, I think, ended up in Minnesota, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, that, that worked out perfect for us. Um, and in turn, you know, you got eight great seasons with Carmelo Anthony here in Denver, a Western conference finals appearance, but there was a lot of disappointment in those seasons too. Yeah, there was, there was it, Carmelo was constantly a one and done in the playoffs. And the only time he wasn't, it was with Chauncey Billups. Yeah. It's crazy to think he had Allen Iverson and they just couldn't get it done. In in two years, they won one playoff game together. Like yeah. two superstars of that caliber. You don't expect them to really just flop it out there and fail the way that they did in the playoffs. For real. Cause as a kid, I thought they were going to get a ring. Like 
You got AI and Melo. Yeah, you don't make that trade without, you know, championship aspirations. Exactly. And I remember being so disappointed that the Allen Iverson experiment failed when they traded him for Chauncey Billups. I was mad. Oh, yeah. As a Nuggets fan, I was very mad. But Chauncey brought so much poise and composure to that team and a, a steady leadership voice to get Carmelo's young wild and ass in check. Shout out to the home town boy chauncey billups that's right george, Wa- george washington high school legend straight out of park hill that's right man fucking uh mr big shot himself yep top dog top dog oh man it's so you know with carmelo anthony after you know things obviously weren't gonna go well here after the western conference finals and kobe and things weren't really coming back to a proper tra- trajectory he forces his way out of town gets traded to new york where he goes on again historic runs with the with the Knicks, but never puts anything into the back end of it. It was all regular season success, yeah, and which was a disappointment because you put him and Amari Stoudemire together, you're gonna expect big things, and things didn't get done. No, it it just didn't mesh well at the end of the day. Is as good as as great as those players were in their prime, and not many people know this, but when the Denver Nuggets traded Carmelo Anthony. Part of the trade was sending first round picks. They swapped first round picks with the Knicks in 2016. And they got Murray for him. And the Nuggets turned that pick into Jamal fucking Murray. That's like, so us trading Carmelo is still paying off dividends to this day. And honestly, without that mellow trade, the Nuggets wouldn't be where they are right now. Exactly. So it's, it's, it's really a blessing at the end of the day that they made that trade. Like I get it. Mello was upset and, Things weren't just working out with the Nuggets because, yeah, you were having first-round exits. You get to the Western Conference Finals, but you're playing the best player in the league at the time in Kobe, and he he just wasn't trying to let go of going back to the Finals because the year previous, he lost to the Celtics. So he's just like, no, fuck this. I'm getting my team back there. So you can't, you can't be mad at it. No, no. Kobe Kobe brought that specialness to it, man. So, you know, that's that's one thing I, man, as a Nuggets fan, I I hated playing against Kobe. I say it all the time. I hated playing against Kobe. And I didn't really give him his respect until he retired. That man was built different. He he was definitely built different. Like, I, I hated playing against him. He was just too damn good. He was our kryptonite. And I'm glad that that didn't transfer over to the LeBron James era of the Lakers. Yeah. Because it easily could have been with, you you know, the stigma going in that the Nuggets just couldn't beat the Lakers in the playoffs like ever because they hadn't really, really. I think it did the Nuggets a favor this this time around more than anything. It really did. And then I find it a coincidence. Maybe the NBA should have just gave us the script if we would have known this. We asked y'all for it, assholes. Like, give us the script. But. Bello retires the same day the Nuggets go to the final. Yeah. It's, okay, so this uh, this brings us to the controversy we have. So as y'all know, Carmelo Anthony wore the number 15 for the Denver Nuggets. And when he left, they gave 15 away in the, in the words of Michael Malone, gave it away to a 300-pound overweight rookie. That 300-pound overweight rookie turned into Nikola Jokic. So there's people questioning who should the Nuggets retire the number for? Should it be for Carmelo Anthony or should it be for Nikola Jokic? The man got 
drafted during a Taco Bell commercial, just in case you didn't know that, and then turned out to be a bucket. So Taco Bell paid a man too. But my whole thing, I think that I don't see Melo getting retired himself. I can see like how some teams do, where there's only like really a couple where they'll both retire and both have the number 15. But it'll be like it'll be like half and half. It'd be like a like a dual retirement, a yeah. la like Peyton Manning and yeah. Frank, Tra- Frank Trapuca with the Broncos. Yeah, I, I could see that happening, just because if you think about it, there's no Nugget success in the 2000s without Melo. That you're you're very right there. Um, to me, it's honestly not a debate. Like to me, it's it, it, I honestly think it's stupid that people brought it up as a debate. Oh yeah, definitely. Because there the level of success between Carmelo Anthony and Nikola Jokic, it's not a comparison. It's not. There's there's really no comparison there. Like Jokic has completely overshadowed Carmelo Anthony in Denver. He's he's gotten them to somewhere where Melo never got. And and if I can be 100% honest, I don't even view Carmelo Anthony as a better nugget than Jamal Murray. So I know don't Carmelo, you, you earned your flowers here. We give you your respect. We're not retiring that number that belongs to Jokic. He honestly outplayed you for it. I say, if anything, I see him getting seven retired in New York, but it's kind of hard to do. Cause you're like in that situation too. If you think about it, because like Ray Allen, for instance, he had 34 for the bucks, but Giannis is like, overshadowed that yeah, yeah. and played phenomenal. So now you're like, well, we can't really give it to him because Giannis gave us a championship. Yeah. So now you're thinking like, oh, fuck, what do I do now? But if Melo does get 15 retired with Jokic, like, cool. But I see him getting seven retired more than likely than 15. I honestly don't see number seven getting retired in New York. And the reason I don't is because... There really wasn't any success in New York. There really was. Like you can't link Carmelo Anthony back to anything more than like a one and done in Damn. New York. So, do they really want to celebrate that? I don't know because you know the Knicks has just been a terrible organization. So, if they do it, I wouldn't be surprised. So, you know what my issue I think with the New York like the New York teams is the media. Damn. The media creates like honestly it creates a big pressure like a a, a pressure pot. That, that if you don't succeed right away, they're on your ass. And I feel like it's harder to succeed in New York because if you don't tie your shoe right, there's 15 people writing an article about you, about how horrible you are and how you need to be fired. Oh, yeah. Look at uh, Przingis, for instance. Mm-hmm. They weren't happy about him getting drafted there. He plays good. He gets hurt. They throw him into the ground, giving him shit. Look where you're at now. Yeah. Yeah, man. New York is a is a very brutal place, and it, it's Philadelphia too. That's another place. Boston is another place. A lot of East Coast teams. Oh yeah, I know L.A. is is somewhat like that. I wouldn't say it's as bad as New York, but it's it's up there too. Oh yeah, New York is definitely cutthroat when it comes to their fans mm-hmm. with the fan base. Like they want success, they want championships, and if you don't bring a championship right now, they want you gone. Sorry, Knicks. Yeah, sorry, Knicks. Sorry, Jets. Sorry, Giants. The closest one maybe now is. The Yankees, if they can pull it out, they got too much talent to not win a World Series. So yeah, I mean, but that's that's a that's a discussion for a different day. You know, yeah. Yankee Yankees buying their talent. Yeah, we'll we'll discuss that a different Money. day. Money, money buys the world, bro. Money make the world go round. Exactly. 
And uh, speaking of money, you know, money's the color green, right? Well, <laughs> there's a team wearing green that's making one hell of a fucking run in the Eastern Conference Finals right now. Down 3-0. They're all of a sudden storming back. What's going on with the Boston Celtics? Boston. I don't know. I feel like Jason Tatum plays better when he knows he's finna face elimination. I don't know what it is. I've been seeing like people talk about on Twitter and stuff. Oh, now Jason Tatum want to act like he's Kobe because he's down 3-0. Like that, it's insane to me. If Tatum finds a way to help the Celtics come back and win, the Heat's reputation is just done for. It's just burnt. I don't see it happening, but it's it's hard to say because it's only two games at this point. Yeah, it's only you know, two. You know, down 3-0, it's easy to say, I don't I don't see it happening. Or it's not gonna happen. There's no way in hell. But but when you were down 3-0 and now all of a sudden it's 3-2, like what the fuck is going on? Anything can happen in these two games. Oh yeah, anything. We've seen this before with the NBA finals with the Cavs being down 3-1. So it's very possible. But at the same time, no team has ever done it before in the conference finals. So. 0 and 150 when you were down 0 and 3. So this is, I mean, the, we just saw the 150th version of it. The Nuggets and the Lakers, where the Lakers were down 3-0 and still lost the series. Yep. So that was number 150. 151, Boston's making, a, making it pretty interesting. Like there's, there's only been a couple times in history where a team has forced a game seven down 3-0, but none of those teams have ever won those games. Exactly. But I will give them credit where credit is due. They was talking their shit. They said, don't let us get one. And Miami let them get one. Then they said, don't let us get two. Now they got another one. So, Jimmy Butler... It's time to take over. If you want to be back in that final spot, you better come take it now because if not, you go into a game seven, you're going to be tired by the time game one starts and the Nuggets are going to be ready to run y'all down the court. So how do you think Eric Spolstra handles the locker room in a situation like this? What do you think he implements to say, guys, we need to get on our shit. We need to close out this series tonight. We are at home, game six. We need to figure this out. We don't want it going to game seven. I, I honestly think you have to go back to the basics of what they've been doing. You got to shut down their primary scorers. And like Jimmy needs to be on Tatum. Spolstra, he's, he's a top 10 coach in my opinion. Like, he's one of the greatest to do it. So now it's time to buckle up because your legacy is also on the line. But yeah, man, honestly, I think Eric Spolster is an extremely underrated coach. Oh, yeah. There's, he's going to put his team in positions. And you were, you were right when you said it's get back to the basics. Get back to doing what you were doing in games one through three to put you in that position. For example, you got to defend the three. Yeah, Boston lives and dies by the three. So if you could stop them, you're taking out a huge portion of their offense. Exactly. And they have to beat you in the paint. They have to beat you with physicality. And I'm not sure that they can. Because mm-hmm. they will definitely live and die by the three. Like they will force threes when they're in a predicament of being down. Mm-hmm. And, but when they when they're hitting them, they, they can they can they can bury you quick. Exactly. It's interesting. Boston's going to be the media darlings if they come back and pull this off in game seven. Everything in the finals is going to be Boston, 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 Boston. And it's hard to not feel like that's just going to feed the Denver Nuggets more. Oh, yeah. Like in match matchup wise, I feel like the Heat match up better against the Nuggets than the Celtics do. I feel like the Celtics are more of a threat. But if you 
go in telling the Nuggets that, you might just piss them off. And they might be out there ready for blood. Exactly. But yeah, I have heard that a lot this week that the Nuggets fit better against playing Miami instead of Boston. Because yeah, Boston, it's just up for grabs at that point. Like, you don't know who's going to win, especially because Boston, like I said time and time before, they have a phenomenal defense, but also they can live and die by the three. So I don't know. We'll have. Game, game six is tonight, so... Yeah, game six is tonight. We're going to find out real quick what what I'm going to do. I'm going to challenge Jimmy Butler. I'm going to challenge Jimmy Butler. Bro, you put your team in a great position. Something clicked in you this playoffs, and you just went bananas, but you've been pretty silent since you decided to go and call timeout for Boston. Help me with my parlay. <laughs> I don't gamble. I don't condone gambling. <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, so I, I challenge Jimmy Butler. You need to step up, bro. If you're if you want to win a championship, this is your opportunity. You want to redeem yourself from 2020 and 2021, 2022, f- falling short. It's time to step up and do it. Jimmy Jeffrey, Butler Jordan, your time is now. Right, motherfucking now. Right now. Do it for your legacy and do it for your dad. Yeah, do it for your pops. You know he's fucking proud of you watching from the Charlotte Hornets sidelines. <laughs> Shit, he finna sell the team. I would too. <laughs> They're just fucking trash. I'm saying, what he needs to do is go buy a stake in uh, the University of North Carolina. I'm surprised he ain't trying to be like the Bulls owner or something at this point. I mean, I'm sure he could make a call and just, hey, I'll give you, you know, 10% of Jordan for... For some stake in the Bulls. He'd be like, come on. Speaking of Jordan, let me get this out of the way. I heard the funniest story ever. Funniest story ever the other day. So I was watching the uh, Paul George's podcast, and he is sitting there on he's on there talking to uh, Rockets guard Jalen Green. And Jalen Green was talking about he went to uh, Michael Jordan camp in the summer, like when he was like a kid, and he went in there with some Adidas slides on. And Michael Jordan looked at him and was just like, better take them punk-ass Adidas slides off. And he's just like, yo, I'm a kid. Like, you're talking to a kid like this? He's like, well, give me some Jordan slides. So I guess he ended up giving some Jordan slides. But Michael Jordan don't play when it comes to his brand. He's just like, fuck Adidas. Like, oh, take yeah. that trash off. I mean, that's that's kind of how you have to be. Like, oh, like I mean, for me personally, I don't, I don't view anybody or anything as competition. I feel like there's enough money for everybody to eat. Yeah. But you also got to be serious about your brand. Yeah, he's just like, nah, fuck that. Get them Adidas slides out of your whack-ass <laughs> shit. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Yeah, don't fuck around with MJ, bro. He'll he'll tell you like it is. He's he is a noted asshole. Exactly. He'll 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 do like Kobe, like Kobe did to Demar when Demar was wearing them tins that day. And he's like, oh, you not wearing my Kobe's? All right, fuck Demar and the Rocket, uh, the Raptors. Of funny ass stories. I think this whole NBA season has just been crazy. It's been unpredictable. Lots of ups and downs. It's been great. I'm excited to see how it comes to comes to a head, comes to a conclusion. I think it's going to be Nuggets Heat in the finals. I don't see the Nuggets losing that series. Bring it home to the city. Bring it in. If the Nuggets win, I will wear a Darvin Ham Nuggets jersey <laughs> to the fucking parade. You heard it from me first. That'd be a great troll, I think. We're gonna we're gonna have to uh we're gonna have to hold you up to that if it happens. I'll do it. I'll wear a Darvin Ham Nuggets jersey, but like he he sold for the Nuggets. He saw the script. That's right. Damn script writers. But let me tell you, I know these NBA script writers are licking their lips right now with Boston making a comeback in game seven. 
it's going to be crazy, man. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fucking crazy. I'm, ex- I'm excited. I really am. But uh, all right, Rico, moving on to NFL news. We got DeAndre Hopkins D-hop. being released by the Arizona Cardinals. That was a I knew they were trying to trade him, but they obviously couldn't find any suitors for his massive contract. So they're willing to eat the 20 million and just send him on his way. Oh, yeah. They were probably trying to lowball a bunch of teams for the trade because, you know, Arizona, they've been on the decline lately. But I'm glad to see D-Hop get out of there because it just wasn't working. I mean, Kyler Murray gets hurt. You don't have a quarterback. Yeah. D-Hop wants a win. You're sitting there playing in the NFC West. You're not getting any wins. You're missing playoffs. So it's better for him to go to a team where he can compete because he's still in his prime. So I I don't know about prime. I, I feel like he's at the age where receivers really fall off the cliff. And maybe Arizona was just a bad fit. Maybe Kyler Murray's, you know, well-known lack of work ethic is a bit distracting and not cohesive and not good for a team. Like, and to the point where he couldn't show himself or show that he really is in his prime. But I think if he gets put in a better position with a better quarterback, better coach, better system, better role, where it's not going to be all on him, where he can have other people around to take the, take the heat off a little bit where I feel like he can go to a team like the Patriots. I don't see him going to the Patriots, but I know he still has a lot in the tank, but I, I don't see him going to the Patriots. I, I say if anybody I see him go to, one of them has to be, if they can figure out a way, the Bills. Bills can really use a third receiver badly. So my my thing with the, the Bills is I think Hopkins is going to want more of a role than they're willing to offer him. I feel like he's going to want to be... Maybe not a 1A, but a 1B. Well, that's kind of hard to be a 1B when Gabe Davis is technically the 1B. So you have to be that third receiver regardless. But if he doesn't go there, a place I do not want him to go to, but can see it happening, I can see him going to Kansas City. I can see him going to Kansas City. I can also see him going to Baltimore. Baltimore, Yes. Let him go to Baltimore. Like, could you, could you imagine the wide receiver room of Odell Beckham, DeAndre Hopkins, and Zay Flowers? I would love it. I would love it. Like that—that's explosive. That, like, that's that's crazy. And the thing too is, with him still being paid the twenty million dollars by Arizona this year, he could take a veteran minimum deal with a contender. Go to Baltimore. Go to Baltimore, please. I would love to see that. And on top of that, you still got Mark Andrews. You got J.K. Dobbins. Please go to Baltimore. Oh, I want to see it. I want to see it. Oh, uh, could you imagine the Baltimore-Cincinnati showdowns? NFC North's going to be tough. This it, year. Oh, it's always tough. I, like, like, let me tell you, the NFC North and the AFC North, they're like smash-mouth divisions. Yeah. Always. They're, they're the teams that are... They have the legacy and the, the culture that they're going to come out and they're going to bust you in your mouth. Oh, yeah. Be- I love it. I love it, too, man. I love it, too. That's, you know, smash-mouth football. That's what I live for. AFC North always gets chippy. I just love it. Especially when it comes down to the... The last game of the season for who's going to win the division. Oh, I love it every time. How would you feel if the NFL implemented a a tiebreaker game like the like the way or like a wild card tiebreaker game like the way the MLB does? Give it to me, please. Some of these some of these games, I feel like they get low balled at the end of the season because you can't put them all in prime time. But if it's for a division game 
and it's up, the division's up for titles, give us another week. Let them bang it out, please. Yeah. Cause like, yeah, give us a, give us an extra round of the playoffs where, you know, instead of having all these crazy tiebreakers, like where it comes down to, Oh, you scored more points this season. So we're going to give you the title, have them play each other for that. Exactly. Like that. I think that would make the most sense. And it, it like, it goes hand in hand with like the college, uh, conference championship games before the playoffs. I think the players would like that too, as well, because you're giving them another shot to go out the division. I feel like if you have a great record, there should be no reason why you don't miss the play, or there should be no reason why you miss the playoffs. Yeah, like I, I get it, you can only have so many teams in the playoffs, mm-hmm. but give them another week and let them duke it out for the division title. Yeah. That's the way I see it. Like it, it's crazy when you see a seven and nine team, or excuse me, like a now it's nine and eight or eight and nine team make the playoffs. <laughs> Cowboys and you have ten win teams missing because they didn't win their division. Yeah, it's I I've never understood that. Like it's stupid. Yeah, they they need to I think they should seed it. Yeah, it definitely should be seeded more instead of doing that cuz yeah, if you have a losing record and you win your division like it really doesn't make sense like the year 2011 when the Broncos did it, it just didn't make sense either. No, it, it didn't. They they <laughs> They backed into the playoffs that year because that was the Tebow year. Yeah, we got into the, the playoffs by like luck. So I, I remember that season. The Broncos, 13 games in, were eight and five. And all they needed to do was win one game and they won the division. Well, they lost the last three games of that year and due to crazy tiebreakers, ended up in the playoffs. Where they pulled off the mile high miracle with the Steelers, where Demarius Thomas caught that touchdown in overtime, rest in peace. Um, but in all reality, they shouldn't have been there. Exactly. They didn't do enough to earn that playoff spot. Exactly. We won the wild card game, then got smacked in a divisional game against the Patriots. That was that was the it was such an embarrassment. Tom Brady was punting that game. Exactly. Like that team, we were not good enough to be in that position. But you know what? I think it it showed that the team was better suited than a lot of people thought just they just had the wrong quarterback oh yeah because then the next year the sheriff came to town Peyton Manning my name is Peyton Manning Peyton Manning Peyton Manning Tennessee yeah he came in and uh you know the rest is history right exactly the rest is history but also Brandon McManus got released from the Broncos last uh member of Super Bowl 50 it's 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 bittersweet I I really wasn't expecting that to happen I wasn't expecting it either what do you think happened I feel like it was a money problem. I feel like they wanted to keep him, but they were like, if we're going to keep you, like we're going to have to cut some of the money you're getting because you're just not producing like you used to be. Like, don't get me wrong. He did play good last year, but like field goals he shouldn't miss, he missed. I I think... McManus has been inconsistent. Oh, yeah. The past few years. I think it has more to do with culture than anything yeah so is it get someone like as a, as a new coach coming in is it better to get a fresh start getting rid of the last of the successful era to the point where it's not another voice in the locker room so for those that don't know brandon mcmanus is the broncos head of the uh, i think it's player relations he's there he's one of the voices of the nfl players association and the nflpa goes out of their way to let them know 
hey, not every workout is mandatory. You don't have to be there. It don't let them force you be force you to be there. Like they send this memo out to the players to let them know, like, hey, you're you're not required to be there. Now, if he's going around the locker room as one of the voices of the NFLPA, talent players. Oh, you don't have to listen to coach. You don't have to be here. It's in your contract. You don't have to be here. We negotiated this. You don't have to be here. Do you think maybe Sean Payton is looking at that like, um, bro, you're fucking my shit up and I need you out of here? I can see it because there's so much that needs to be done this year. And there's a lot of pressure on, on Sean Payton. So I definitely could see that happening because, yeah, McManus is one of the old guys. And he hasn't been producing, like we said, for the past couple of years. But I think... Peyton's like, okay, well, you need some new guys around here now. And like when the game's on the line, we're going to need somebody to make it because there was a couple of game winners we could have had, but he was missing them too. So yeah, it's just been inconsistent. Like I loved having him and I'm glad that he's found a new team in Jacksonville, but I guess it was just time to move on. Yeah, I, th- I think it was. I don't think I really don't think money had anything to do with it. I think his dead cap this year was like two million, and if they really wanted to save two million dollars to keep him, they could have made other arrangements. Yeah. Um, in terms of performance, like like we said, he's been inconsistent. I feel like since about twenty seventeen, he really hasn't been his best self. Yeah. When it comes to being in clutch moments, when it comes to being someone that we can regularly rely on, now. Is there someone out there that can replace his production? I don't know. He was, uh, he's in the top tier of kickers in the NFL. Yeah, that's why I was just like, the other day we released him. So I'm like, who do we get now? Because I know the Jags released their kicker and he played pretty good last year. So do we bring him in? I know. Uh, yeah, well, they, they, I know the, the Broncos have the notorious Cowboys kicker who was missing a bunch of extra points in the playoffs. No, no. You don't want Mahar? No, man, that's that's fucked up, man. What'd he do to you? No, he did us a favor. OK, he did us. A, he did us a favor, but we don't need that bad juju coming over to us. So no, I say, if anything, we go for the Jags kicker. I can I could see that. Um, There's always kickers coming out in the league. Yeah, they're in the you know, in the draft that go undrafted. Like it, finding a kicker is not hard, but finding a reliable kicker is it's very hard. But also. And some new news, too, since we're talking about the Broncos. Russell Wilson looking pretty good. He, he, didn't, he didn't lost some weight. He is. He was He was asked how much weight he lost, and he refused to answer. He, he didn't want to speak on it. He, he looking healthy. I, I feel like it was the smart move to, to not mention it. Because at that point, people are going to be like, damn, he was up. He was that bad to the point where he had to lose 30 pounds. Like, you know, oh, well, he only lost 13. He's not putting in enough work. Like, either way, he was setting himself up for failure if he mentioned a number. We don't fat shame around here. <laughs> yeah, they were definitely going to give him shit about his weight. So I don't blame him. But yeah, he's looking good. So hopefully we see him run the ball a little bit more this year. <laughs> I hope so, man. And uh, I just hope he plays smarter. I feel like he he tried to be something he wasn't last year. And you're just you're not that man. So please just stick to what you do best. Don't try to reinvent your game. Don't reinvent yourself. Play your ball. Play your ball. Then and you will find success. And I think Sean Payton is going to bring that out. of him. Yeah, because I feel like he was just doing too much unnecessary shit last year. So I'm just like, play your ball, bro. Like the whole city's behind you to turn it around. We gave you the keys, so let's make some things happen now. Like, it's been seven, eight years since 
we're last in the playoffs, like the drought's got to end now. Like we're getting impatient. It it really does, man. It's been a it's been a hard few years here in Denver watching this team, and I like the fact that they're working in silence. Yes, they're not on social media bragging. Last year, that was the problem. Last year, last year Russell Wilson would wipe his ass, and there would be a news report about how great he is, yeah. and before he ever played it down in a Broncos uniform. And you know, we get to the season, and everybody's expecting this championship team, and we got we got finessed, bro. We got cavaged. There was no there was no danger, which we got straight finessed. All offseason talking about, oh, yeah, I'm doing workouts with the receivers and all that. Posting on Instagram all day, like, oh, Broncos and all that. And we shit the bed doing all that social media talking. It was all unnecessary. Like, I like this year. We're being quiet. A lot of analysis say we're going to be fourth in the division again. And they're just like, okay, cool. We're going to show y'all then. Yeah. We're going to show you where we're going to be at. So I like that approach. They're staying quiet. Yeah, and I think that's Sean Payton implemented. From what it sounds like, bro, people are shitted for their jobs in this building, in the Broncos building. Sean Payton has came in and set a precedent. Like, no, I'm in charge. And if you're not fitting what I need you to do, then you can get the fuck out. Exactly. All of Brandon McManus. Like, I feel like he had McManus maybe just stuck to the team side of shit a little more he'd still be around. There's there's stories of, you know, old school Washington coach Joe Gibbs telling his players, yeah, you know what? These workouts and this conditioning, it's not mandatory unless you want to make this team. Exactly. So, I mean, I think, I think that's Sean Payton just being the adult and setting the precedent, setting the standard that we're not fucking around. And if you're going to, if you're going to even smell like a bit of a fuck around, you're not welcome in this room. Yep. And that's what, that's what I like when coaches come in and just like, this is what the fuck we're going to do. Like, I get it. You're a vet in the league. You don't got to come to these workouts and shit. But the culture is changing now. And if you want shit to work and hold the Super Bowl trophy up, you need to be coming to the workouts, getting your getting all the work in that you can because it's going to be important at the end of the day. Like You skip the workouts or whatever. You're just like, oh. Like, I understand if you're not getting paid. But if you're getting paid and you're not having any contract problems and shit, go to the fucking workouts. Like it's gonna make you have even better teammate chemistry with your teammates. And plus, you're not even doing that that long. Yeah, seriously, it's, it's literally just. I mean, I understand as a kicker, it's probably like not that efficient for you to go to off season conditioning when all you're gonna be doing is really just kicking the ball. But I mean, show face for your teammates, show face for your brothers, show face for the people who are fucking working out there daily and putting that work in to try to be better. Exactly. But yeah, man. NFL offseason is is always crazy, man. You know, the draft comes and goes and now we head into OTAs and mini camps and before, you know, preseason will be here and then the regular season and we'll be we'll be involved in some crazy storylines until then. But man, I, I love the NFL. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Soap opera for men. Let me tell you. <laughs> Most definitely is. My girls sit there and watch me talk about football or me getting pissed off because the Broncos are losing. She's like, like, I'm like, chill out. I understand you're a 49ers fan, but you don't understand what I've been through as a Broncos fan. No, nah, for right? real. <laughs> it, you can't, unless you've been through it, you can't explain it. I'm like, it hurts. It, it, it does. But you know what? It warms my heart to see other teams around the city succeeding. You know, Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup last year, Nuggets in the finals this year, the Colorado Mammoth going back, back to back. back. That's, you know, incredible shout out to them. It's 
Denver's quickly becoming the new title town, bro, and I think the Broncos need to jump on board. Rockies and Rapids, get your shit together. Well, again, do something special, then we'll talk about you. Y'all ain't earned it. Sell the team, Rockies. Yeah, think I'm fucking around. Exactly. Let them know. <laughs> oh, man, but all right, Rico, I think we've uh, once again had another great episode. Always. Over here at Siren Sports, man. Uh, 93 episodes, people. 93 more episodes till 100. Yep. Tell your mama, tell your grandma, tell your third cousin, tell your fourth cousin. Tell your tell your girls cousins. Tell t- your side chicks. Tell your whatever. I don't care. Tell you tell your side dude. <laughs> 93 episodes left. 93 more episodes till 100. But all right, you want to plug your socials for the folk? Follow the boy, the man, you know, follow me at Father Juice, TikTok, Instagram. Let the people know. Hey, that's right. I go by the name of Town. You can find me on TikTok and Instagram at Town5280. And we are Siren Sports Podcast, man. We are available on all streaming platforms, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever the hell you want to look. You know what I mean? I think everywhere but the moon at this point. We are on all socials at Siren Sports Pod. Make sure to follow us and keep up with new content coming out daily. We appreciate y'all. Catch y'all next time. Out. Siren Sports is part of the Imprint Media Network.